Uh, welcome to the Alex Van Show. Uh, it's been so crazy this week trying to follow politics. Uh, it's like I just can't stop my head from spinning. It's like I'm trying to make sense of all this and try to unify all this into something, but it's just too nuts. I mean, it's all sort of um, encapsulated in the whole CNN situation where they sent their you know, favorite idiot Jim Acosta to a Trump rally and the whole crowd is booing him. And then instead of Jim Acosta just packing up and going home, he goes back to CNN and cries about it. And he says he feels his life is threatened and he goes um, like, you know, crying about, oh, you're attacking the press. You're limiting our freedom of press. And what is the president doing? And it's just... It's all crazy. What you're saying, Trump can't uh, criticize the media because he's like a despot or something. Uh, here's why Trump is not a despot. Uh, one, he was campaigning on hatred of the media, specifically CNN, uh, from the very beginning. Uh, it was one of his campaign things. Before they were you know, attacking his presidential decisions, uh, he was calling them fake news for how they went about their reporting. Secondly, the difference between Trump and a despot is that Trump says he hates the media and CNN. He says, I don't like they publish these stories. But does he, does he use his, government, his executive power to um, demand stories be removed? Does he um, ban certain stations or uh, news outlets from existing? Does he send uh, reporters to, to uh, prisons or get them murdered like in Russia? or down in Mexico with the cartels? No, of course not. Um, but it's just the same old tactic as from during the election of, okay, Trump supporters are violent. Okay, they support the Second Amendment. They're middle Americans. They're not, um, you know, cultural, uh, you know, intellectuals like you, CNN listeners in New York and, and uh, Los Angeles. Uh, okay, so they, they, they will kill because clearly Trump said that you should kill Jim Acosta even though he never said that at all. Um, it's just a, a hatred. Yeah, Trump hates the media. And you can look at the statistics. Uh, interesting statistics have been released that, uh, you know, a Republican trust in the media, trust in the media among Republican voters is at 14% now. I think that's probably uh, a record low for the last couple decades. Um, it just, it's steeply declined in the last year for uh, Republicans. Uh, for independents, it's about 30%. And for um, Democrats, it shot up to a record high for, for at least the last couple decades, as, you know, as long as we've had television media, pretty much. Um, it's at 71%. So clearly we have this division in the country where Democrats are defending the media um, for reasons... I don't personally get. I mean, basically, it's because the media is mostly Democrat. Um, you know, they're fighting, they're reporting about Trump stories, anti-Trump stories. So Democrats generally feel like they have an ally with the media. And, of course, um, Republican Republicans trust the media has been low for, for decades now. It's been getting lower and lower. So, uh, but yeah, Trump just kind of helped shoot it down with this whole fake news campaign. Now it's at a flat 14% for Republicans, which means the amount of Republicans who even listen to CNN or MSNBC 
um, is probably at a low. Even Fox, there are many Republicans who aren't into Fox. Um, uh, so we, so it's it's so. I, I just it's a crazy situation where you have uh, you know Trump has this crowd of like twenty thousand people calling CNN fake news, and CNN just responds with Jim McCarthy saying, "Oh uh, no, nope. uh, we are not fake news. Uh, you are fake news." Like he's supposed to be the arbiter somehow of what is objectively true, and it's just. There's been all this craziness this week about just uh, freedom of speech uh, being under attack. Like, um, you know, Alex Jones' show has been under attack. You've got people lobbying to all these, you know, podcast hosting sites. Um, so, for instance, Spotify limited the so – they removed some of Alex Jones' episodes. Um, Stitcher removed his account. Facebook blocked Alex Jones' personal account. Uh, Twitter or no YouTube had to remove some of his videos, and so there's lawsuits against Alex Jones about this whole Sandy Hook thing. And it's just so out of context. Okay, so Alex Jones made some videos questioning the official narrative of the, um, I guess the Sandy Hook shooting. You know, so what? And now they've got all these lawsuits against him. It's just, it's so easy to fall in this trap because 90% of these people have never listened to Alex Jones, but they just hear that he victimized, uh, or he victimized the parents of child school shooting deaths, and that just sounds terrible. And so they just go along and ask to boycott this guy. But it's such a dangerous precedent where... You're literally banning anyone who doesn't agree with you. Um, it's it's so bad, it's so un-American. Look at what happened with Roseanne Barr. Uh, she makes a tweet about she calls this lady Muslim Brotherhood plus Planet of the Apes, Francis Valerie Jared, Barack Obama official, and she was removed immediately for racism. Except for the problem is that. Uh, Roseanne Barr claims that she thought Valerie Jarrett was white, and that's a pretty good, you know, excuse in this case because if you look at a picture of Valerie Jarrett, she looks completely white. There, uh, someone looking at her would not suspect she's African American at all. But it's crazy. Everyone who doesn't fall in line with the left is shut down. Tim Allen had a number one TV show as well. That was canceled. Um, it's like. <laughs> so hard to even explain all that's going on it's so insane but we treat it as completely normal that liberty is shut down it's like how can i explain it? like alex jones is a decent show i have my own disagreements with with him personally uh, i think he has overly positive views about russia uh, overly positive about assange claiming assange is not uh a Russian agent. He has plenty of views I disagree with, but I believe his show does provide plenty of positive value. It's mostly well done. It's not extremely irresponsible. It's totally within the scope of what is allowable in American discourse, but they want him shut down uh, because it's a popular show. And can people tell that it's just the same strategies that the Democrats are using? That Okay, um, 
I think, what's it called? The Newtown or the, the March for Our Lives, uh, that shooting, I think Parkland, I guess. Okay, they used the thing of, okay, care about the children, right? Because they had all these child activists, so it's children, children, children rising up, etc. Then um, there's this thing about children being separated from their parents at the border. So again, they're appealing to, you know, ethos, pathos, caring about children. Um, and then they use the same thing on Alex Jones. With Alex Jones is a school shooting denier. He hates children. He hates these victims. Uh, they also claim that Alex Jones beat up a kid, even though they just like they they show this video of this guy of like this this kid that punches adults and then one adult like hits him back and he falls over. And they say that it was Alex Jones who did it, even though Alex Jones is not the guy who's in the video punching the kid. But it's like the same kind of appeal. That's their their, their target is children, and yet like people don't seem to get it. People just fall for it and say, just ban whoever you want. Bam, ban, 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 even if it's totally un-American. Um, and it's just... I don't know. I, I tuned into the Mark Levin show yesterday, and he was talking about um, positive and negative liberty not sure why he was talking about it. Uh, he was talking about Isaiah Berlin, who's the main, the main guy who defined those concepts. Maybe Mark is on a similar wavelength as me, looking at what's going on in society and kind of just looking it through this lens of positive and negative liberty because it's such a defining concept. Uh, if you're not familiar with the concept, um, you can go type them in into Google, and one of the first links you'll see will be to. Um, uh, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, uh, and has an article about positive and negative liberty, very well written. Um, it mentions that Kant is the first one to sort of define that there's these two kinds of liberty, um, but it was um, the, one of the main people who really hashed out these concepts was Isaiah Berlin in the 1950s and 60s. Um, so the, the two concepts of liberty are important because they they really separate the main philosophers of the like 1800s, 1700s um, into two categories, and, and those two categories are are um, th those two categories are kind of def they, they, they've defined 20th century politics, and they've defined 21st century politics too. Um, it's, it's essentially a difference now between Republicans and Democrats, at least in theory. So what are positive and negative liberty? Um, it's not as you know, obvious as what you might think. Negative liberty means basically the freedom to do, to make your own choices, that there's no obstacles in your way, um, like the freedom to go buy what you want, um, the freedom uh, to vote, to have various rights in this country, um, the, fear, the freedom to move around or not be someone's slave. These are negative liberties because no one's getting in your way. And these were championed by, you know, the, the founders of the country, um, all the philosophers that influenced them, like Locke, and then later on, like John Stuart Mill, people who hold as the highest, highest um, concept of importance is individual liberty. People should be allowed to do what they want. And then we have this concept of positive liberty. And positive liberty is defined as p 
people being able to self-actualize themselves and realize themselves and find their ultimate purpose. And this was championed by Marx, Hegel, among others. And you might think, like, what's the problem? Why can't you have both? Why can't you be allowed to make these micro decisions or just make decisions without being impeded, have your negative liberty? And why can't you also, you know, in the long run, try to self-actualize yourself with these free decisions? Um, well, the problem is that the people who believe in positive liberty, many of these advocates like Marx and Heigl, they don't think that you alone can self-actualize yourself. And moreover, a lot of they really don't believe in individual self-actualization more than they so than that they believe in collective self-actualization. So that's one problem. Their philosophy is not that you can individually find your purpose. It's that the whole group, whatever group you're in, your society, your country, they can achieve some collective goal and find a purpose. The other problem is they don't think that individuals left to their own devices can achieve that self or collective actualization. Um, they believe that this government has to intervene. The government should direct your actions. And so that's where we have these concepts of socialism, and which you know started in the 19th century, but they worked their way well into the 20th century um, with the progressive movement in the United States and, of course, of communism and Marxism uh, versus Westernism. And it's like... Um, Society has, you know, we fought these cold wars over, you know, communism and and versus uh, Westernism, and th this those wars were were fought over these conflicting definitions of freedom. That in the communist world, they said, okay, the government is going to be set up in this ideal way, and you know, the government, the people at the top, will tell you basically what to do, will steer your actions in the right way, and we're going to achieve this collective higher state of existence, you know, Marxism stuff. And it's like, that's true freedom. The government is true freedom. And of course, it it it, it brings to mind Orwellian ideas of like, wait, so you're like, like, you're just saying these contradictions, like freedom is being a slave. And like, that's what they're trying to convince the people. Like, yes, uh, freedom is is doing what your government uh, tells you to do for the collective. Like, and people, people, when they hear that, they're like, this doesn't make sense. How is this freedom for me if they're just telling me what to do. Whereas in the Western world, you have individual liberty, uh, you have things like capitalism, which you know, allows for individual initiative and stuff like that. So we fought these battles, but it's not over yet. Um, well, uh, there's a few there's communist countries like China, North Korea, Venezuela, um, but then we have this concept of socialism, which has gained so much popularity in Europe and, of course, has gained a lot of traction in the United States, um, where you can be an open socialist now. It used to be totally taboo to say that you were a socialist, but now we have Bernie Sanders as an open socialist. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is an open socialist. Of course, they call themselves democratic socialists, which they claim is different from regular socialism. Um, it's not a clearly described philosophy. Um, but more just an idea of like social welfare and like you know corporations having less power. But still, we we have this idea that socialism is cool now, and that is a problem to our current um, politics um, because 
like I said, socialism, it comes from all these ideas of the positive liberty of people telling you what's good for you and having these arbitrary collective goals that are going to self-actualize you. I mean, that's, this is literally what Heigl said. Like, I, I think Heigl viewed individuals as just a drop of sand in history. And there's just like the scales of history will tilt, you know, from, you know, just little drops of sand. But that's all you are, just a little piece of sand trying to form history. But then it becomes so contradictory because people are like, okay, history should be trying to improve people's welfare, people's lives. So if people are insignificant drops of sand, then what's the point of history? It's not like we're going to like invent like some great invention that will like, you know, solve humanity. No, like meaning from life, you know, should be for individuals to, to, to like, you know, find their own meaning. And for individual, like that's what history should be about, improving individual lives. So once again, we have this contradictory notion, okay, is that, that your actualization is your non-existence. And Heigl argued that, okay, we're going to have some dude at the top tell you what to do, but you, with the, to, to deal with the, your condition, you'll actually feel better about yourself. Once you realize that um, you're just a drop of sand, you won't have that anxiety about freedom and stuff. Like, you know, that's what existentialism talk about, is that freedom creates anxiety, but that's what it means to be an individual. Uh, to exist. But I think it seems like Heigl doesn't even think you should, that he solves this problem of existential anxiety by making you, your existence seem like just a drop of sand and then you'll, you'll be free, which I don't think most people agree with. So like, why are we getting to this? It's because freedom of speech is being censored. Individuals are being censored. The idea of Basically, negative liberty is being censored. People are telling you what to do, and it's insane. You know, what if I like Alex Jones' videos? I went to his videos, and I said, you know what? These are a lot better than people were saying they were. I like them. I don't want to have YouTube putting these warnings on this video saying, fact-checking. I, I don't want them fact-checking all his videos, because I would like to hear what he has to say and not be blocked. You're, you're impeding on my negative liberty by giving me all this fact-checking stuff. Um, can you please stop you know, deprioritizing him in the algorithms because you don't agree with what he's saying, Facebook, because I like what he's saying. And I want to watch him. That's my negative liberty. Um, like, stuff like that. Fact-checks on Facebook everywhere, even though these fact-checks are, like, you know, biased. They... There's, many of them are left-leaning or left-supported. And so if you say something that slightly offends them, and say, oh, it's not 100% correct. Well, so what? Maybe it wasn't 100% correct, but your general direction was right or something. You totally discounted someone. You know, there was a case with InfoWars like that. So people are biased. And it's just it's not right that you're putting the power in a few. It's a few people in Los Angeles and New York who run Twitter, who run Facebook, and who are pressured by all these groups. They control us. They control our negative liberty. They say, you can't listen to Alex Jones. You have to listen to Jim Acosta. And it was, it's our negative liberty. It's our freedom of choice that lets us pick. So why are they doing it? It's because it's the name of positive liberty. It's in the name of they'll control your life to make you a better person. That They know how to self-actualize you. You need to listen to CNN. Like many schools now, they actually have 
mandated CNN. CNN has some deals with schools that students watch CNN for 20 minutes every single day. So that's a positive liberty. They're controlling your life because they think it's better for you. Okay, that's totally insane. Okay, I understand on the low level, making people wear seatbelts. I will take that positive liberty, right? Seatbelts are very small, impedent on your free, impedent on your freedom, but they can, they you know, save lives. Um, so I can take that. But you know, much beyond that, uh, I'm not too happy. Yes, yeah, so that's sort of the libertarian perspective of like, um, like you know, don't get in the way of my freedoms because you don't know what's better for me. We believe in individuals, but more and more we're having like these these elites, the the Bay, the uh, Silicon Valley, New York, Los Angeles elites, telling us what to do, treating us like we're nothing, and telling us we where we need to go in our lives. Whereas we know that our constitution is based on people having individual liberty to do what they want, also for minority views to be protected. What I mean is that if, if there's a view that only 10% of Americans hold, we don't need polls everywhere telling us, oh, only 10% of Americans believe this. Why? Because the founders protected that. They knew that minority views in a couple decades, generations, can become majority views. For example, as Larry Elder, the radio host, often points out, in the 1960s, about like 4% of white people said they'd ever vote for a black president. And here we are today, we had a black president. There's so many things. There's things we take for granted now. Slavery, no one is for slavery now, but there were significant uh, you know, uh, groups of people who were for slavery. Um, women's uh, suffrage was not a given. Many were against that. So things change. So we need to protect minority views. But now we're just, we have this socialist thing where, where they're telling us what to do. They're telling us you have to believe in global warming exactly as how CNN tells you to believe in it. They say you, uh, you have to you have to like let me think for a second. You have to have the same views as them on immigration, that we need to have open borders now. They can they keep on changing, they keep on lowering the bar and lowering the bar, and they, they and every day they'll say something more and more extreme, but we just have to go along, right, because that's what is the rules now. You have to have the views of being pro-gay marriage. You, you have to be pro-migration. Uh, a refugee resettlement. You, this is not. This is not America. This is not negative liberty to do what you want to do. To, you know, read what you want to read. To to form your own mind and have this variety of opinions. Instead, we have this select few telling us what to think and believe. And frankly, it's totally disgusting. It's not a democracy at all. Where, you know, everyone is required to have the same opinion. It's just. <laughs> too insane and it's just this is just the tip of the iceberg they're gonna they try to censor every single conservative like opinion okay we got alex jones trying to get down i you know i don't think they'll get him down he's very powerful but like what what is this uh, whenever there is a 
liberal or Hollywood actor who says anything that doesn't go with the leftist hegemony, uh, they become a taboo. Like this one liberal guy wrote an article saying that anti-white racism is wrong, that they that they should, New York Times shouldn't have hired this Asian girl who said she wants to like kill white people. And then New York Times just, um, New York Times justifies it as like, oh, you know, she was she was oppressed a lot, um, or she felt oppressed, so she just tried to vent on Twitter. It's like, it's like, no, it's like it's not really an excuse to say you want to kill white people. I mean, you can hire her. You know, it's her freedom of speech. She may have regretted what she said, but the fact is, she said what she said. And so this guy posts an article about anti-white racism is bad. And he gets all these online big-time leftists saying, no, you can't be racist against whites. Why? Because they have their own fake world they live in of, of these intersectionality, communist power structures, struggles, like that, um, that it's whites against everyone. So if you refer to like Martin Luther King, who said we should judge people on character, or real you know, civil rights activists who are saying belief in racial equality, not being prejudiced, you'll be shut down. What you have to believe to be on the left is that every non-white is oppressed and that whites are always the oppressor and also men, white men in particular, have controlled history and you need to fight them always. It's a total crazy world to live in. I would not want to live there. I'd rather be watching InfoWars on Periscope, even though you can't watch, because you can't watch it on YouTube or no one, you can't stream it anywhere anymore. I would rather watch InfoWars on Periscope in my shady corner than to live in this world where you got to believe in all this crazy stuff. And it's just totally unchecked because this, all this taboo, the media, the, the universities that just go along with it, the, you know, the intellectuals. There's plenty of dumb intellectuals. We can admit it because there's plenty of people who want to sound smart and to sound smart, they'll say the latest and greatest thing they heard, even if it's very stupid. And, uh, yeah, the common everyday guy who doesn't care about sounding smart might be right sometimes. And everything that Trump does is, is always bad. That, uh, that he... Uh, that he had the courage to move the embassy to Jerusalem, um, to go against the UN, that he had the courage to go make his own mind about, about um, the Paris Climate Accords, that he had the courage to uh, meet with Kim Jong-un. Everything is considered bad, and it's, it's a shame. And, and like I was saying, I think it's a shame that... that, that the Democrats are the ones defending the media today because it's just so bad. I, I understand it on some point. It's a, it's a polarizing thing because since Trump hates the media and is attacking it, Democrats want to defend it and they want to create and have a balance and want to say it's okay and at least they support some liberal stuff. But now it's just like a partnership, right? CNN, they they talk and then they, they can go on Colbert or whoever and they can like – vent and then whatever Colbert says is going to be the same thing as what the liberal news says and but it's just it's just not right that this is what it's come to I thought I thought that the, the Trump fake news thing could be a unifying message that everyone could get behind it but clearly things are more complicated than that Trump is too polarizing a figure so if he gets people to say fake news then you're going to have many people who are going to say no fake news even if they 
hated the news before. Now, now all of a sudden, Jim Acosta, idiot, is a hero. Now, all of a sudden, um, Jake Tapper, no genius, is is the greatest journalist ever. Brian Stetler is is like one of the the dumbest people I've ever seen in my life. He is considered a genius. Anderson Cooper, they believe now, is a genius, even though just like a media figure. And it goes on and on. And it's like, I can't stand for this. Um, I discussed in my previous episode, Trump and the death of the media, how, you know, there's a corporate problem. There's the problem of monetary incentives messing with the truth that CNN is a business. Businesses are supposed to maximize revenues. And they've admitted Project Veritas videos have shown where the guy's like, look, we're just trying to get good ratings. And our viewers, our audience is liberal. So liberals, re- they like this Russia story. And if we keep doing this Russia stuff, they're going to watch. And that's our job for the shareholders because we're part of, um, what is it, like Time Warner or Turner Broadcasting. Like, that's our job. And, you know, there's also other problems. Fox has corporate interests involved with it. And Fox has been shown going with the same media narrative. So I think I think there is – well, first let me say, like, it's interesting because when you read – when you read the, the article, if you, you know, go to Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, read about negative and positive liberty, the people who are defending negative liberty are called liberals because people like Mill – and all of them who are talking about individual rights, they're called liberals. But it's crazy because the liberals today are totally not like that. The liberals today are more like socialists, the positive liberty people, saying imposing views on people. We're gonna, we know how to self-actualize you. We're going to tell you how to think. And so now liberals today are just defending the media. And it's totally crap. Um, because, you know, liberals used to be part of the, the fight, the national discussion that was going on about how our, our media was was crap. I mean, just watch John Stewart in 2004. He goes, trashes CNN. He trashes Tucker Carlson, the conservative host. He trashes the other guy, liberal host, and says this is a you know, crap enterprise. It's not real news, and it's hurting the country. And people took John Stewart seriously back then, but they're not now. now Trump has brought it up. It's a polarizing issue. Now, Democrats support 71% trust the media. You cannot tell me that Brian Stetler and Jake Tapper are such you know, sharp journalists that, that you, 71% trust the media now. And, of course, 14% of Republicans only. But I feel like there's this broader issue of money, power, politics, and, and just what – what our government requires, or our country requires. We need to have this fourth pillar, or whatever it's called, the media. It should be free journalism. It's an important part of a society to keep the government in check and to keep other corporate interests in check. But our media is run by these corporate entities. So we have huge companies, Fox, Fox. Um, we have, um, we have, you know, CNN with Turner Broadcast. We have MSNBC, which is Microsoft and, and, uh, and NBC. And it's like, we have this huge money behind it. They're purely profit ventures. And, and profit, as I said in my last episode, for-profit ventures are supposed to make money. They're supposed to, and the way capitalism works is you give people the products they want. As I mentioned before, Gap, what does Gap choose to sell at their store? 
not what the designer thinks is the best or coolest outfit. It's literally what their research shows people want. It's stuff that has worked before or they got some insights that it might work now. It's purely about money. So as long as media exists in a world that is purely about money, then we're going to have these capitalistic ventures. We're going to have Fox as just a way to exploit conservatives and just you know say stuff that they'll like to hear. Because that's what capitalism is. Give people what you want. We're going to have CNN and MSNBC as the same BS as just giving people what they want to hear, exploiting people, least common denominator kind of stuff. And so now we're having this problem with, with social media because social media has been harder to regulate. It was kind of free in the beginning. It had a lot of negative liberty. But now the, the reformers, the leftists, are trying to control social media with, with their positive liberty definition, saying, no, you can talk, you can't talk. Twitter, you're a Republican congressperson, you can't talk, you got shadow banned, you got uh, censored, you got... I don't know. It, it was it was weird. I, well, I'm not even going to get into this. But yeah, we got all this censorship. Um, and so we have the same problems of like, okay, Facebook has monetary interests. They have shareholders. They don't want to piss off. So there's enough political, there's enough pressure from shareholders. They could change their policy. Facebook has political Yeah, maybe the Democrats will make a really big deal out of what Facebook is doing. And and like okay, they got this pressure on them, so you got to censor, okay? Stitcher, Spotify, you got to censor, censor people that we don't like, and and so it's it's this crazy idea of these institutions. One, freedom of speech is not guaranteed because of corporate interests and political pressures. Two, freedom of the press is not. Um, recognized, is not honored because the press has become a capitalist venture. So it's like we have this question, how are we supposed to have a real press that is not biased by money interests? Can that exist in a capitalist system or do we need like the government to create regulations or do we need to have like government press or just like something? Do we need to have regulations on CNN or maybe CNN has to change its name to like entertainment pundits. Maybe CNN can't call itself news. It has to call itself something else. And then someone else can come in as real news. And so then the problem is, that the politicians, everyone recognizing, is that online alternative media is, is coming in. That the cable news has become very unpopular. But Alex Jones, alternative news, is more popular now. Uh, all sorts of YouTube sources. And like I said, they were trying to regulate that. But it's like, you know, can they regulate that? Um, maybe the same things will happen of corporate pressures because, because you know, they, they use corporate sites like YouTube and Twitter and Facebook to share their message. Maybe that, you know, will, will uh, you know, squander their freedom of speech or squelch their freedom of speech. So it's like... Um, yeah, it's like, do we, will we actually have these these basic rights secured? And it's like, you know, maybe there's hope with this alternate media, but then the government is already acting to squelch it because Hillary Clinton says Infowars is fake news and they're going to get rid of it. It's, it's totally insane. It's totally not what we wanted um, in America.
So I guess my question is, is like, it's the same question I had in my last episode, Trump and death of the media, which is like, is it possible to ensure our constitutional rights to a fair and free press and for a right to freedom of speech when there's a corporate profit motives um, and b political pressure right now from the left that is you know limiting this freedom of expression and i'm still not sure we keep on trying to reform the media trump it was like i you know like 2 years ago when he got inaugurated he's he there's that famous tape where he's yelling at the media he gathers up all the journalists and he just in like a room and someone was recording and he just he just berates them he says you guys are doing a bad bad job and republicans independents they loved it they loved when trump did that because it felt it's like it was so cool because none of us have the power to go up to anderson cooper and tell him you're doing a bad job but trump being trump he could do it and he could put him in their place um but they don't learn and i mean look at jim acosta jim acosta was put into his place millions of times but he goes back to cnn bubble everyone hugs him and loves him and he comes back and he shows up at like a trump rally and then they hate him and they instead of having like trump berate him he got twenty thousand people booing him and he's pissed he said he got these fears for his life and he goes back to cnn crying and i'm sure stephen colbert's gonna have jim acosta on jimmy kimmel will have jim, jim acosta on everyone's gonna let jim acosta cry and tell him how you know, bad he feels with Jim Acosta. These people, they're insane. CNN doesn't learn. It's all about money. So the only thing that could, good thing that happen is if one day the money dries up. That one thing, they, everyone stops listening to CNN. But how are they going to stop listening to CNN if it's force-fed at schools and you can't watch Alex Jones? And everyone's talking about how great CNN is. But does freedom of press exist in a capitalist system? Uh, where does all this money influence? Secondly, does freedom of press exist in a non-fully constitutional country? We have this hybrid country with an administrative state, with this socialist influence, with this leftist influence. Are they going to allow for freedom of press, or are they going to do their positive liberty where they just tell us what to think? And, and alternative media, new media on the internet faces the same challenge of... Um, like one, they're, they're on these corporate sites that are very popular, um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and they're in the Silicon Valley bubble, and they just, they respond to media pressure, one, or to, to political pressure, one, because most of the people who run those companies are super liberals, and, and so they'll, they'll just, they'll just do whatever liberals are saying, or, um, or they like, they don't want to lose popularity, or it's a, it's a, it's a you know it's a money thing. They they don't want to lose their revenues and stuff. Um, but it's like, um, yeah. So it's like um, that's why I wonder. Like maybe we sh we should have like is it that hard to make a nonpartisan, a government supporter, a nonprofit Twitter, just a neutral thing that that functions as Twitter without the corporate. Do you really need that much bandwidth to, um, to run a Twitter? I, I don't think so. It's just little bits of data. To run a basic Facebook that is not barraged by corporate influence, where there's freedom of speech. Um, that's the big question I have, is like, do we need to regulate these capitalist ventures that also happen to be 
part of the fundamental structure of our country, that freedom of press is required for our country. So can we trust it to private corporations? And, and two, uh, freedom of speech is fundamental. So can we trust Facebook and Twitter and them to regulate our freedom of speech? Because it's just some 20-year-old intern who's like, yeah, I know what's right. You know, in the Stalinsky mentality of you know what's right, you, um, you're an angel, right? You know, Stalinsky is basically junior junior socialism. It's the same ideas from Rousseau having a few wise, a wise oligopoly or oligarchy telling everyone what to do. Stalinsky's on the individual level, that if you are a young radical leftist, everyone else is stupider than you, so just manipulate them and push them around. So you got your Alinsky little kid, he's like, okay, I'm going to ban you, I don't like what you said. Oh, you said something bad about Muslims, Islamophobic, ban. You, racist, ban. It's crazy. And then there's people that want to ban, like Dave Rubin, who has, I would, his show is anemic. His show is weak. His show is not, in other words, not that good. He's a former Young Turks staffer, and his, his show is just about as good as, okay, it's better than the Young Turks, but it's from the same vein of the Young Turks, of a bunch of totally clueless, confused dudes trying to act like they're smart. Uh, yeah, Dave Rubin's show is occasionally better, mostly because he somehow, he'll occasionally get some really smart guy to come on his show. Um, but it, as far as authority, credibility, no, he's a comedian from the Young Turks. His show is um, it's hardly controversial. It's anemic. It's a guy who constantly wants to make sure he's saying the right thing. And people say he's the outright. Ben Shapiro is like a very logical, rational, you know, polite speaker, you know, totally <laughs> constrained to his language. Uh, he's all right. You got to ban everybody. It's a totally insane movement. But then Hillary Clinton's been supporting it. She didn't fight it. Uh, Obama, I hear Obama, I see him saying stuff like, okay, you should listen to both sides. Um, and stuff like that, and good stuff like that. But I haven't seen him come out against all this activity. Not that he runs the Democrat Party or anything, but interesting. And it's like, yeah, I just have this problem. I, I don't want to rely on some 20-year-old kid exerting his positive liberty and saying, I know what George is going to benefit from for his self-actualization. I'm going to move all his Alex Jones. Because I don't know, I was, I was reading Alex Jones tweets on Twitter, and my Twitter was full of Alex Jones. And then all of a sudden, somehow all the Republicans disappeared from my feed. I refreshed, and I just got Jake Tapper and only Van Jones. I have to, like, scroll down for a while. And, okay, and finally, some of my, my Ben Shapiro and my, my InfoWars pops up again. I was like, what the hell did they do right there? Why did all my InfoWars just, like, disappear all of a sudden? It's like, I can't rely on these corporations who are beholden to political and, and capitalist corporate, um, you know, pressures. Why do they control my liberty to just have these basic freedom of choice things, freedom to, you know, interact with different media, you know. So that's like my fundamental thing. Can we work with capitalism? Like, is CNN just going to die? Is it eventually going to die and then something great will pop up? And it's like, but it's like the political will doesn't seem to be there because the country is split. You have 71% of Democrats trust the media. For, for, for this to work, we need to have, you know, tw- 20% of Democrats trust the media and 20% of Republicans and 20% of independents. We need to have a movement. But we, 
the unfortunate thing seems to have been pol- Trump has been polarizing. I, I'm going to be honest. I legitimately thought Trump was going to be unifying. I literally thought the country would march to freedom because everyone would see that Trump was right and the media was fake. But it's not working. Trump is polarizing, and it's like until we can get some consensus, it's not going to work. And you know, maybe we do need some regulation. For example, you can't call your product ice cream if it doesn't have a certain amount of milk in it. You have to call it frozen dessert. Maybe we need to call CNN frozen dessert too. If it's not enough news journalism, we have to call it some, like I said, political discussion persuasion show. And people can just be like, look, we can't really call ourselves cable news network. We have to call ourselves cable D discussion entertainment show. And it's like... I don't know. We have this idea of political will, the will of the people, and we have capitalism. And are they going to work together, you know, in securing our, our basic rights um, of, of, you know, these freedoms that were so important to us, allowing us to have our negative liberty to do what we want and not being having some rulers that appear, um, you know, exert their positive liberty on us. So that's my my question for everyone. And... You know, let's mill about it and see if we can figure something out. And so I've been your host, and I'm signing out, and I hope you have a great day.